0: Who says you need an intro?
1: Not me. My so, uh, intro. So this is uh, the name of the show in the first 30 seconds here. Canvas oh, Cocktails and you. Cinema. cinema. Uh, yeah, we're, we're doing the... Uh, uh, we're calling this Midnight Month. Midnight May. Yeah, I can't... Midnight Mayhem. I, mean, I midnight- fucked...
0: Mikey came up with Midnight Mayhem and I really like like that just that was that that worked.
1: I <laughs> so said this... three different things and the last one was the only one close to correct. This is Midnight
0: Marmalade. I'm your host, DJ Paddington.
1: What up? <laughs> um So what we're gonna be doing today uh, actually, wait, we should probably explain the idea of the so, book first.
0: The month is, at least in my, because it's, it's a very loose idea, because, yeah. how do I say this? I like theme months, but I also like keeping, the. I like themes that are kind of nebulous that you can just go, like, sort of like how Bob Dylan would do his radio shows, um, where he would just pick a singular focus, and all the songs would be on this one, like, I don't know if this is a, like a thing, but it'd be like boat, and it'd be like all songs about boats. I love um, that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he still does it as much, but I, I liked when like people like would do that. Uh, same with like someone like Lou Reed, although he's he would do more like I'm gonna fucking be like Jesus is great, and then die. <laughs> Sorry. I can explain that. One of the last <laughs> things Lou Reed like ever did was like make a point of being like, look, I think Jesus is really good. What? Yeah. He was Ooh. Lou Reed's just an interest. He's he's always anyway. I
1: somehow I am both very and not at all surprised by that. Where were we even at in the episode before okay, we start so talking about Lou Reed? Month.
0: Mid-m- midnight month. It's yeah. kind of like this nebulous concept, much yeah. like how Bob Dylan does radio shows, or just like it's not 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 specifically him, but just I like those kinds of things. And just <laughs> I had come, I had thought of I'm i I'm, I'm not sure if which came first, uh, midnight or last month, but just like taking something that's in the title, and then you know, because you can have a whole bunch of whole different scope. And just because we tend to record our shows late in the night, usually. Yeah. You know, and we kind of vibe. I thought, why not, you know, extend that, that midnight, that chill vibe into just chaos. I, I did not do that. That was um, Not the, the chaos part, but the, the mayhem part. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of movies with midnight. Uh, movies that you might like immediately go to. Oh, are you going to cover uh, the in the Garden of in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? Or oh, are you going to cover Midnight Cowboy? And probably not because those movies, as of recently, aren't on any streaming platforms and cost money. We don't make enough money from the show. But if you want to change that, you can if you donate to our Patreon at patreoncom CC and That was a good plug. I here's the thing, I gave people money to learn how to do this.
1: That is so it's fair. So it better be
0: a good fucking
1: plug. Where, wait, do we have a list of the stuff for Midnight? So do I have a th-
0: loose list, but we have, like, things like Shrines at Midnight.
1: We 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 don't
0: need to give everything away. Uh, midnight Gospel, uh, we're gonna cover there, mm-hmm. which is a show uh, Duncan Trucks attached to. Uh, probably one of the less cringy kind of people that I'm not sure if he still is but was in Joe Rogan's orbit. He uh, does a lot of stuff with psychedelics. Um, uh,
1: Midnight Gospel was uh, written by Pendleton Ward, right? I
0: believe it yeah.
1: The idea, Hell Yeah. It's a
0: do not I don't I don't remember who exactly is attached to the show. I know I know that I I know Duncan Trussell and that's how I knew about the show. But there are it's it's not just this person. It's you know But the kind of idea of the show is from some stuff related to his podcast, I think. But I don't don't even remember. It's It's a very interesting show that's very druggy, and I thought it'd be perfect for this. But there's a lot of different things we can cover. And with that, it includes us covering one of my favorite shows that I don't get to talk about a lot, The Midnight Special, uh, which was a... Music television, music television program, um, not exactly necessarily in the style of like an American Bandstand, but somewhat. Uh, there tended to be more live musical performances on this show, but they're also there's a lot
1: of pre prerequis- Like, it's it's would still it be, a show. Would it be more like akin to like an Ned Sullivan or? I, I don't know. It's if it,
0: This was like mainly late night. 19- kind of like it's almost like how do I say this it's sort of like how SNL isn't exactly unique like it was it's kind of doing a similar it's not like SNL but it's like the idea of SNL hadn't been discovered yet but people wanted late night entertain like people were going more for those shows that were like not shit basically it, Something that you
1: can watch besides when that, you're I don't even. drunk after your, like, long day job that you can, like, enjoy at, like, I don't, 11 p.m.
0: <laughs> I can't really talk about this show that much because I don't know. How do I – I try to, like, not learn as much about it because, like, it's not con- – like, I own a DVD of it, but it's not all of it. And there is another box set that I could get, but, like, I already have the one DVD. Do I need another? But in my opinion, it is one of the better – music shows even if a lot of the clips aren't all great quality as my pick for this episode is but with this because there's so much we're probably going to come back to this later in the month uh with Mikey uh but today we have uh at least two really good musical performances picked out for you uh one of them being uh a really Odd, at least in my opinion, the episode's odd because it features a big chunk like the Beach Boys do like this whole set, including their ten minute version. They covered a song how do I say this? Um, they covered a song that was that came out in nineteen sixty seven that was like two three minutes long, made it ten minutes long, and then made it disco and they play it on the Midnight Special, and it's just, like, much like Kokomo, Carl Wilson's vocals, like, pull it through, but holy God, is it, oh, God. It's a, but then they also do, like, like, just straightforward rock stuff, but also you gotta do good vibrations, so they do good vibrations twice, and neither of those are good. And they do, like, they cover Chuck Berry's rock and roll. Wolfman Jack comes out and is, like, on percussion. And Roger McGuinn of the Birds comes out, you know, and is on guitar. And the performance is just like, it's all right.
1: (laughs) For all of the things you said, for that to end with. It's all right, is- uh...
0: Brian Wilson is the- Brian Wilson is in the, Is he actually playing with them again at this point? It's fine. It's all right. But what we're gonna talk about is probably the only real highlight in my opinion. Uh, it's a song from the LA Lighthouse album, or LA The Light Album that came out in 1979. And it's a song, Angel Come Home. Uh, It was written by uh, Carl Wilson, I believe, about the falling apart of his marriage. Uh, And it's sung by Dennis Wilson. So this is a Dennis Wilson-led Beach Boys, which is always the most fascinating Beach Boys to watch, because 10 years earlier, they let let Dennis sing a song. And then, whoops, turns out it was written by Charles Manson. On national fucking television. This was in 1969. I don't know if it was after. Oh, God.
1: There's (laughs) not a lot of. I
0: can give you a clip of. I can show you a clip, but it's like. It's always the most fascinating feeling. Whenever they let Dennis lead the band,
1: you're going to get something. (laughs) And the other performance we have is. Great. Charles performing Georgia on my mind uh, which was like kind of the, it was basically one of those like songs that like existed in like the 30s and 40s that people would cover but it didn't really become like a standard or well known piece until Charles did it in I think 69 is when he first covered it uh, I think 61 it might I don't fuck uh oh, no, I it's think sixty. It's... My bad. My bad. The uh, the the genius hits the road is the when it's yeah. Oh ah, seventy nine is when it becomes the state of Georgia's designated like official song.
0: I remember that from the end credits of
1: Ray. Um. So do we want to go with Dennis Wilson being? Dennis Wilson I mean, I first. think we
0: should. St- I think we should start with Dennis Wilson and then move to Ray Charles because I feel like your clip is probably going to be in higher quality and a better <laughs> performance. Actually, Do you mind if we tack on another performance? We don't have to record this, but I want to show you uh, the Rod Stewart clip from 1975. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. It's it's the end of the band, The Faces. I'll explain that off recording, but like it's just... Rod Stewart's career is fucking fascinating when you Stewart. find out like he was like a he was like a well-regarded blues singer and he like was he i ah, i don't understand like he went from like being like amazing like rock and roll musician like Rod like the guitar player of the Faces joins the Rolling Stones after the band breaks up like this is the caliber they were operating on And then in like four years, do you think I'm sexy?
1: Rod Stewart's a weird dude.
0: And also the clothes that he's wearing, its it's, we'll get to that. But do you know what we're
1: not getting? That doesn't, you know what we are getting to? You know what isn't? Do you know what's not, that we're not not getting to? These products and services. Boom. Did a double negative, still kept the negative in there, but just added another one. So technically it was a positive. Boom. Boom fucking rules of English, bitch. Wait, I have a degree. At point of- At point where this is getting released, I do have a degree. (laughs) I mean, it's coming
0: out Sunday, so- Yeah, I'll have my degree then. Congratulations, Malachi. (laughs) Is that what this episode's gonna be called? Malachi! Just Malachi and then a dabbing emoji.
1: (laughs) Plan on talking about it that much. That's probably gonna I, be no, a I, more longer form episode.
0: I that there isn't even a dapping emoji, you silly envy. Now that's a good title. Angel. Oh, fuck. Angel. Angel. Angel <laughs> <laughs> um you, you know, might have noticed
1: it, sorry. My, You want to know my hot take on the song, Jerf, right out of the gate? Give it to me. I want to hear a power metal cover of the song with, like, the middle. Like, that chorus yeah. needs, like, a power metal band. I agree.
0: How, be, how This is a song that I think the Beast Boys could have done better if they, like, gave us shit. But there's there's historical context that I know of uh-huh. why because like, it's it's one of the better songs they did, but the performance, you might notice that like Mike Love and Al Jardine are on one side of the stage, and then the Wilsons are on the other. I'm going to boil this, this all kind of comes down to two words. Australia, it's more than two, it's more than two words, but it's like one of the reasons for like, not like this, but just a lot of just two words that are, like, a big factor. Not the only factors, because it's a whole lifetime of factors.
1: Australia
0: Uh and heroin.
1: Ah, see, I thought you were going to say Australian lesbians.
0: (laughs) You see, Australian lesbians with heroin are a real deadly (laughs) combination. (laughs) But it is... They went on this Australian tour in 1978 that had... The, the, Carl and Dennis apparently, allegedly allegedly were doing heroin a lot during this tour and like, like it's some know. of the literal worst recorded it is like recording like performance is so bad that Carl Wilson came out and apologized <laughs> there's an interview of him the night after, and he's just like pay, like the palest <laughs> ghost of a man and he was just like well, I, I had two Valiums, well, I, I took a Valium, and then I had two Mai Tais, you uh, know? Now we're here. Know, and, and, and I'm just like, but was it really just a Valium and two Mai Tais, Carl? <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> because the reporters are all just like, buddy, we can see you. We can <laughs> see how pale you are, but like-
1: <laughs> we, You <laughs> like hair with, don't use good words. <laughs>
0: God damn it. There's, like, this weird riff that happened, and as I said, Brian Wilson was in, was playing with them during this concert, but I don't think he plays on this song at all, uh, which does not surprise me. But what you might have noticed is the person on the piano is Bruce Johnson, like, the person nearest to, like, Carl and Dennis on the, like, how do I say this? The one who's, like, there's only, like, three people kind of playing throughout most of the song. And like during most of it, Mike and Al are just standing there.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And it's not like they can't play anything. They're just
1: not. They refuse to be productive. (laughs)
0: Kind of. It might've been a thing of just like, okay, we'll go on the midnight special and play all oldies. And I'll do, I'll do, I'll do the disco version of Here Comes the Night. But can we also do a song that doesn't? Well, fine, we'll do, we'll do your fucking song about Japan, Mike. Fuck off. (laughs) Can we do Angel Come Home too? Like, okay, cool. There's shortening bread. Shut the fuck up,
1: Brian. (laughs) One of the interesting things about this song, I think, is the rhyme scheme, because like. As the song goes on with the verses, the verses get like more modern poetry esque. Like they don't reach full modern, they're more Whitmanian than anything. Yeah. Uh, But like it, like, like there becomes like internal rhymes. Actually, it's more closer to like a Sylvia Plath, but like, uh, like it becomes like without the themes and the cool imagery. But, like, structure-wise, like, there's a lot of internal rhymes, but there isn't, like, a lot of, like... I think it's specifically the second verse is when I started, like, looking up the lyrics to, you know, to have, like, a definitive look. And there's, like, a lot of, like, lines with, like, three or four words that rhyme, like, towards the end of that verse. But, like, they're they're just lines that don't rhyme with anything at all. And, like, for their own little segments that, like, had rhymes earlier in the verse. It's just, like... I like it, but I feel like this could be like I think this is a well-written song. I don't think this is like necessarily the best performance that this song could like have. I want I would have a different band with this song.
0: No, sick Here's the thing. There's it's it's not a good performance by the Beach Boys, but it's probably the best performance they did during this good. show. And it's like it's it's so uh They really they squandered a lot. Like (laughs) it's there's how do I say this? (laughs) They became like after they how do I they fell apart, became like this kind of not exactly underground, but like they became a really good live band and like they they could jam with the grateful dead and they did. And 19 like they this is a thing that happened. They the Beach Boys Grateful Dead, just like it's it's like they, they were really good live for this period. And then they put out, around the same time, referencing something I mentioned outside of the recording, American Group Feeding, capitalizing off of that, they put out this compilation album called the I think Endless Summer 1974. And then in 1975, uh, The Spirit of America, something like that. And it was mainly stuff of their early surf singles. Like, it had other stuff, but it was, like, the stuff that, like, oh, you stole American graffiti, and now you're nostalgia for this time period. So it was capitalizing off of that. And these became, like, such popular things that, like, they, like, overnight had to be, like, they didn't have to, but it changed from, like, okay, we'll play some oldies, a lot of new stuff that's really good, to we're focusing on record like playing our older material, and there's still some creativity left. Like they st- like Brian Wilson still is able to kind of put together the last, in my opinion, really good Beach Boys album, Beach Boys Love You, in 1977. But doing that, he fell apart mentally, making the follow-up. So then it was kind of like. It, it could have been, uh, just a lot of factors of stuff not really coming together. And so by 1978, it's just like, we don't know what to do. And so they would make these albums where it's just like, okay, it's gonna, Brian, you can produce it? Fuck, Brian can't produce it. Fuck! So by the time of Lighthouse, Bruce Johnston is producing it. And he's the person who's originally brought in after Brian Wilson had kind of like a mental breakdown in 1964. Um, I don't know if that's the best way to describe it. It's been described as that, but I don't... um, He stops touring at a certain Mm -hmm. point and focused mainly on the studio, and that's basically the build-up into Pets Down starts because of this. And Bruce Johnson is a very good member of the band, has contributed good songs, but they're mostly saccharine sweet. He's not... He's really someone who doesn't doesn't have much of a direction, like he's better than Mike Love, but he's not much better than Mike Love. so like with him controlling the production, it's just kind of like it's an album. it's not that like it's just kind of there, yeah, and like even on I really like Dennis Wilson's singing, even when it's not like how do I say this? When you can see the scope of what could be, it becomes disappointing. And like, all of the elements are there. All of the people on that stage are capable of, not capable. That, that's assuming a little too much. Like, <laughs> not, not like, you no. Know what I mean in like a thing of just like, sometimes you just can't.
1: Yeah, I get it. Like, uh, at once capable. At what point I th- How do I say
0: it? It's not like... Because there's glimpses of a good performance in this. Yeah. But it's not like... It's not great.
1: Dennis looks also, may I say, when it, talking about the uh, visual aspects of this performance, I could not look away from Dennis who looked like Jesus Christ. That's
0: kind of... <laughs> I can understand why... Like he, he, does, he did not look like this when he knew Charles Manson. That's the, the I'm weird glad. thing. But, like, you can kind of tell why someone like Charles Manson wanted to be friends with him. You can also tell why someone like Charles Manson pulled a knife and threatened to kill him. And his family. I do want, <laughs> I believe it was also his family.
1: Uh, fucking...
0: Fucking Charles Manson, you know? De- couldn't have, de- could, couldn't have, uh, death couldn't have come to a greater.
1: Uh, I'm black. That could have dead. happened a lot sooner, is all I'm saying.
0: I mean, if, how do I say? If, there's, if Charles Manson could have just not unleashed the trauma that he did onto the world, outside of the murder that he did, because he did a bunch of other fucked up stuff. Yeah. In prison, when he was before the cold stuff that I he feel talked like about openly. People life.
1: overlook the fact that this man carved a swastika into his forehead or had a tattoo. I always say carved, but it looks like it's fucking carved into his head. Like, the, yeah, that part too.
0: I know the swastika's big too, but like, I feel like people forget that other part too. <laughs> yes Like, it's not, I don't think it should be a thing of being like, hey, this is a thing. But, like, to the extent of how much he talked about it and the delight he talked, like, the delight he talked about it in.
1: I I find it weird that people glorify him in ways. Not like, the
0: murders I'm talking about. The delight of...
1: Oh, yeah. I'm aware. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> can we just... Th- this is something we've talked... Let me <laughs> not face you. Just let him be.
0: But, yeah, you know, it isn't a weird conversation.
1: Hopefully the one about Rape Charles. Yeah.
0: I'm not <laughs> sure how much of this segment is Stay in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's probably just going to be like a weird hard cut. Welcome back, everyone. And, and you're just going to be like, what the fuck? 15 seconds? And then there was just... And now we're here. And but now we're here. What I... I like is that there aren't really many performances. How do I say this? Because when Brian Wilson went solo, you have recordings of like him doing stuff, and he also has like the longest solo career base or out of the Wilson brothers, because like someone like Mike Love, Alger Mike Love solo albums. Mike <laughs> Love, not <laughs> Oh yeah. Like he he had been putting out like solo stuff, like not saying that he has. But like Brian Wilson with like the release of Brian Wilson in 1989 1988, I think. Um he actually, you know, you can see performances of him. Carl Wilson, which I think he only really put out two their performance like he went on American Dance, Dance You can find stuff. Dennis Wilson put out an album, a solo album in 1978 called Pacific Ocean Blues or Pacific Ocean Blue. I'm forgetting the exact one of the better than this out. Like it's, it's really good. There's like no performances of him solo. Cause huh. I don't think he really, and he actually briefly got fired from the band because he had put out a solo album. <laughs> and it's
1: kind of like, wait, the I fuck? This? Why is so it our music?
0: He put out, he was, and it, cause they were also playing, cause like Carl, other people were playing on some of the songs. It's good to see Dennis Wilson. It, I, I do stand by. It is good to see Dennis Wilson leading the band. Um, I wish other, like, I wish the Beach Boys had gone on in 1973 or 74. So we would have gotten, or even 75 for fuck's sake. Um, 76 even, like, I I wish we could have gotten more, like, when they still had it, because, like, there's, like, not a, there's not even a lot of footage of, like, prime Beach Boys, and it's not, like, it wasn't shot, it's just, like, not preserved well, because, like, because they were still kind of, like, an underground band for a little bit, and it was just, like,
1: yeah, like, "Eh." they're kind of, "Eh." like, I feel like the average person, like, definitely knows of the Beach Boys, but, like, I, like, I didn't really encounter the Beach Boys, like, that, like, I haven't, like, still encountered the Beach Boys that much. Like, I feel like, like, everyone knows about them, but, like, not everyone knows, like, the they're not, like, the Beatles, or, like, the Stones, even, I would say. Like,
0: there have been times where that's been more the case, but, like, Yeah. It's because, like, there are these cycles of just, like, oh, hey, those guys got it. Like, they they did a 50th Mm -hmm. anniversary tour. Uh, Brian Wilson was in the band again, and they were doing, like, 30 songs a night, and it was really cool. They had put out this, like, really good last album. And then Mike Love kicks Brian out of the fucking band. (laughs)
1: And like it's just like, Love. okay, I guess
0: we're fucking back to this shit.
1: <laughs> I guess we're back to the shitty era.
0: <laughs> and it's not even... That's an exaggeration. And it's also not... It was also Al, because, like, there's a break between Al and Mike. Uh, they were kind of, like, the two sober... That, like, they're sober. that like They don't do... They do meditation. But they're kind of dicks about it. More so Mike Love. And then you kind of got the Wilsons, who are more creative but they're doing so many drugs, you can't get them to, rec- like, Carl could write better than this, is what I'm also trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, he has really good, like, he took over, like, production from Brian in 1960, like, not exactly, I think, fuck. Um, I think 1968, when they recorded a cover <laughs> of the Ronette song, I Can Hear Music, is, like, the first time that he, like, took over production duties. And he also kind of became, like, the creative kind of... He, came, he became the musical director for the band. And I think remained that, like, for their live shows until his death. Like, he's kind of the person who knows what he's doing. But, like, you can know what you're doing, and it's just all the weights of life just... And it just broke him.
1: I get that. And it,
0: And you can still sing... God only knows if you're broken. But writing these songs at the same level becomes, so we became more reliant on writing partners. After this, um, the next album, Keeping the Summer Alive, which is actually the last album with Dennis Wilson on it, um, he's working a lot with uh, someone from the Bachman Turner Overdrive, I believe, um, doing more rocking songs, you know, they just don't have the same, they don't have the same feeling as Angel Come Home, but Angel Come Home doesn't have like the same feeling as like Feel Flows or The Traitor, um, any of the other songs that Carl Wilson wrote um, in you know the earlier 70s. But you know what is you know what is a musician? Not necessarily at their peak. But, like, someone who's still given it their best. Like, maybe not their best, but it's it's someone who's been around. (laughs) I, I don't even know. I feel like, how do I say this? When you know more context, it becomes harder to say more general things. Which, even saying that is a general thing. But... Here's something from someone who's further in their career than the Beach Boys were at this point, and who's performing at a much better level, in my opinion, than the Beach Boys, who also went through similar issues with substance abuse, uh, particularly, I believe, heroin um, at certain points. Not that that matters, or anyway. Um, more as a connect—I like connecting things mentally, It's what I my brain does that.
1: Which famous which famous musicians haven't done heroin
0: I mean a few but like it's hard to say and <laughs> like if you mean like ever it becomes hard to say because like even people who aren't like hair like uh, on an unrelated thing like uh the comedian mark Maron, who didn't really do heroin did do heroin at least once like it's it's a thing where like People sometimes will anyway. I don't know why I'm. <laughs> there's there's a information is overwhelming discussion. and sometimes sometimes when information also William just for reference William S Burroughs was, was like my favorite writer growing up and yeah. most of his like a lot of his writing was just like and if you're addicted to heroin here's what you here's, here's I just how to stop. trying to figure out how to get off heroin here's some ideas <laughs> maybe that's the fucking word fucking eat nutmeg i think nope but you know it isn't eating nutmeg (laughs) ray charles
1: (laughs) oh fuck if you want to uh if you think this is a good podcast you should either rate us or hit the recommend button on your podcast aggregator of choice yeah and if you're podcast aggregator choices and have one of those just go over to iTunes and like give us five stars or download Overcast and hit the recommend button. It's not that hard.
0: We love you. You're valid. I don't think we love everyone. Eh. I'm not sure if any of that was (laughs) helpful. That was just a weird like I make (laughs) weird how do I say it? Sometimes I make weird noises and I can control that. Sometimes I mean, it
1: just happens.
0: I can't control it, and then sometimes I can't talk.
1: <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the say, Ra- I got- yeah, sorry. This Ray Charles clip I really enjoyed. It was like, oh, yeah. I had a lot of it felt like I had like a lot of uh, I'd have to look at the original score to get some, or hear like the original recording, but it seemed like yeah. at least this version has a, like a lot of gospel influence, which I appreciate a lot. Yeah. Uh, he, as someone who's pretty not into the religion and most religious music, I do enjoy some like influences of gospel when it's done in the correct way. Um, and I feel like it was pretty. It was also very soulful. Uh, which maybe th- it was that was a product of it being a thing in the seventies, but also like it. It felt right. Like I just love hearing horns. I feel like they're like the saxophone and stuff is like pretty underutilized in like a lot of yeah. pop music like it isn't like used to its full extent or even used as enough as it should be like you know, i want more hordes goddammit. it
0: you know it's a great song that uses the saxophone really well what walk on the wild side by lou reed <laughs> here's, here's just a, you know just to quote this song um, which I've totally never mentioned before on this episode of Pidbass. <laughs> <laughs> and all the... <laughs> Same fucking... Uh, but it, that was just it as is, the, is, song that, the other songs we are talking about. It's... How do I say this? It's It's a song that has the line that I mentioned uh, oh, earlier. Yeah. It's, it's his most famous song, I would say. It's a good song, but all like it, It's sampled on "Can I Kick It." Uh, mm-hmm. If you doesn't matter. but great. It has great use of saxophone. Another band that uh, I think did is uh, waiting. Another song, "Waiting for a Friend" or "Waiting on a Friend." I'm forgetting. Uh, the Rolling Stones song on um, mm-hmm. the 1981 emotional rescue album. Or is it, 80? Doesn't matter. Uh, but there's there's good use of the saxophone. It just becomes like as years go on more more of a
1: niche yeah, it, thing. Like when you had like a like the huge wave of R and B artists, uh, and like like I feel like it the best where like sax and mostly like especially like that horn sound, like that sax and trumpet sound uh that's kind of used here. I feel like where that's like best utilized is like Redding and Cook in the 60s. And then, like, Gay also uses, like, has some good use yeah. of horns. But I feel like... uh And before that, you had, like, a lot of good stuff within jazz and, like, jump blues before rock really yeah. became a dominant like, genre.
0: Specifically with with Redding, he had, like, he did stuff with, I'm for, I think both of these he did, I'm forgetting which one is with, but he did stuff with, like, the bar keys, and I think the marquees. Um... He had a like specifically the band that he was performing with at the uh, the uh, Monterey International Pop Festival in 1967. That's mm-hmm. like just that's. Mm. Um, I I would how do I say this? I would put it I would put it as a performance above this, but only because yeah. I think it's like one of the greatest performances of all time.
1: Oh yeah, that's like it,
0: it's it's also if you're not super familiar with it, it's. His last major public performance before his death.
1: I also, and it's also
0: like one of the greatest
1: performances of his life. I also think that Redding is just a better. Redding is like one of the best vocalists. To like, he does such. He has a way of taking a song that's so familiar and take and like twisting it with these with these vocal techniques that he has, and yeah. making it like. It's almost like hard to listen to a Redding song that you know, uh, that like like one of the Redding covers, especially like one of the Sam Cooke ones, if you're usually used to the Sam Cooke version, because it it uh changes how the like melody works in such interesting ways. Yeah. Uh, like he was just such a good vocalist. He was taken too early. God damn it. He had a re- <laughs> his
0: cover of like a change is gonna come is kind of interesting. like. I mean, I would say that whole album, the blue album that came out in 1965, yeah. uh, is prob- not that this is about Otis Redding, but I really like Otis Redding.
1: Yeah, I um, do too. <laughs>
0: but I'm like, how do I say that? I'm pretty sure sitting on the dock of the bay oh, in God. every, every single release of that song is post Posthumous. post. I think every time the song has been released, it was released after his death
1: yeah um because i'm pretty sure all of the production on that was after his death like all of the like er, like
0: i think i might 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 not have been but i'm not a hundred percent certain yeah also that did you notice my door just (laughs) open
1: no my door is (laughs) locked that's that's problematic Okay. Um, this, is yeah, I, into, th- th- this is a good segue to get back into Sorry. This is a good segue to get back onto Ray Charles. I love Ray Charles and he's also another good R and B artist. I, I personally have some favorites before him, but I do enjoy him as yeah. an artist. I do think that he, a lot. he's a great performer.
0: Yeah. A lot of my issues with Ray Charles is more just related to his, his personal contact. That's kind of, not exactly necessarily to the same level of, of like, uh, how do I say that? He just kind of did some like, eh, be a lot cooler if you weren't an asshole, but also, it, uh, good ass. Uh, I really like, how do I say, uh, he is an odd, like, it's hard to track Ray Charles by album, in a sense, because, like, he has, like, these performances that are, like, so good, and then it kind of, like, outshines any album that could be made, because it's just, like, like, just as an example, uh, What I'd Say, oh, which, God. I know I have it, like, right...
1: What a... I have
0: a copy of this album, but it's, like, that's, like, such this... It's, like, just uh, two parts. It goes into, like, a live recording. Uh, and then there's an entire other album that follows it after that song, and it's just, like, it's good. Not what I'd say, but it's good.
1: I also think, like, if we're talking about, like, that horn sound, I think uh, Busted has, like, also that, like, strong, like, horn sound, if you're familiar. Yeah. Like, it
0: also... I I am familiar. It doesn't immediately come to mind, but I am.
1: Familiar. And
0: also, how early so in his good. career, like, like he did play horn too, Um yeah. Or he did play sax. Like he, uh, there's this. Uh, uh. I think the. Performance might be from 57, but it might have been released in 59. I'm forgetting the exact of it. Uh, he had a mm-hmm. recording at, I think it was the Newport either jazz or blues festival. Um, mm. And there's this release of the set and on the cover, he's like, he has saxophone. like those early recorded It's sort of in like a similar sense of like how initially uh, Stevie wonder in his earlier career, the focus was on his harmonica playing and like his yeah. instrumentation. And it didn't sh- like, it didn't end, but, like, the focus became more on his songwriting than just yeah. the, look at how well this kid can drum and play uh, uh, the the harmonica real good.
1: Um, I'm interested to know what songs are on that list at that jazz festival, because, like, there's some really good, like, jazz, sax- like, specifically... Uh, I, th- I think it's zacks. just
0: called like uh, Ray Charles and Newport, if you wanted to. See. Here,
1: I'll look that up. I want to see what's and
0: on And I mean, like, he probably, he definitely played Newport a lot of different times. Um, which, interesting. It's that, it's, it, festivals are. Uh, yeah,
1: how do I, it, I like
0: festivals, but it's also just like, festivals are kind of like the musical equivalent of golf courses. Uh, entirely unnecessary and really catering solely for the rich uh, often <laughs> while take music festivals or golf courses <laughs> <laughs> not all but just like it, anyway New, the Newport Folk Festival and Blues Festival and Jazz Festival—they they all kind of existed outside of like the 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 birth of what became you know, music like music festivals. But uh, like starting with like the Monterey Pop Festival. Uh, why did I just? That was weird. Um, I occasionally get a Twitter notification. On, like, different uh, thing of just like, it was literally, here's just a random tweet from last night, someone tweeted. And I'm just like, is someone messaging me? Yeah, people. And it's just like, that doesn't make sense.
1: I find it Um, funny when Twitter is just like, you might not know this, and it's like political news, but it's just like a headline that's been there for like two days, and then it'll just be like, hey, did you know that this thing happened? It's just like, yes, Twitter. The funny
0: thing is,
1: I do know. So you
0: know how this is Midnight Mayhem, right?
1: Yeah. Do
0: you want to guess, out of all the tweets that showed up, which tweet showed up? One person might immediately go like, it was that tweet, wasn't it? Defeater's tweet of Midnight Defeater. What will he do?
1: (laughs) Fitting, I guess. See, there is a god, Jerf, and she just likes to to pull random dumb tricks because apparently that's what god would do. I don't know where I'm going with this bit. God's just like, listen here, bitch! I mean, we killed god? But, like...
0: This isn't a lore episode, man. Oh, It was kind of weird how we all thought god was evil, Malachi.
1: I mean, like but if it's the christian god, god i yeah i don't the evil version of me just called themselves yahweh i don't even know if they use they them pronouns did they use he him i don't remember i'm
0: assuming they use they them just because you know <laughs> the evil version of me is a
1: sisset
0: oh god damn it
1: There's anything wrong with being a cis I just find I would find it funny if the evil version of the movie was an heterosexual.
0: I love how we talk about this like we aren't in control of what happens.
1: I mean, it's oriented the ether. There is definitely a headcanon about it, but if if we control the narrative, ether. The also, even <laughs> if we said otherwise, a headcanon would in some people. Makes sense. But you know what it is in headcan.
0: Raise your house on the minute. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but this was a really good performance. It's kind of like, how do I say this? Sometimes you would get someone in to report and it wouldn't be like, oh, hey, re- like, you'd get someone in and it's just like play your classic, like play a classic kind of like song. Occasionally mm-hmm. you'd Get someone in, and they'd be like years, uh, like Redbone when they came on, "Come and get your love." That goes without the car. Guess what? I, that goes without saying. Um, get your but then you get, get like number classic number kind of band. Like you get perform, you get people that are coming on solely because they're classic musicians. Not like, as evidenced by that Beach Boys clip. Like they started yeah. their performance by doing "Good Vibrations" and then they ended it. it with that. And both of those versions I think are garbage. <laughs> Not like the work like there's worst versions, but they're just so bla- like the song's so good and the performances are just like so blah.
1: Yeah, I feel like this was like really both a good song and a very good performance. Like I got chills like Yeah. It's. It was a very good performance. I don't want like, the amount of time, the amount that we were talking about. I was writing to uh, obscure that fact. I did not yeah, really enjoy this, this performance. Ray Charles is this, fucking amazing.
0: <laughs> this is like a master doing his stuff, and it's it's someone who uh, yeah. who's played this song a lot, who's like just kind of adventured within the song, you know, and like it is present. There is there's this vamp thing, you know. It's kind of it's not. A defi- how do I say this? It's both not a definitive performance of the song, but it's by someone who's performed this song so many times that like, it's just, it's some it comes out like just so naturally.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not like just... it's
0: not like no one's working.
1: Yeah. Towards like a good performance. they are. I, I also feel like it's just really entertaining, like because we did watch the Rod Stewart clip. Uh... Out of the three clips that we were watching, this is the one that had my most attention. I also yeah. it was the best performance the, which is part of it. Yeah. But like also like Ray Charles like as a performer like I like I would always be I was always keeping my eye on it. Like it, he drew me in like he like not just like the vocal performance, but like him as an entertainer is like nice to watch. He's entertaining. Yeah. I heard other stuff, sorry Ah, okay, um, you're fine I was just like, why are we quiet? Sorry <laughs> That was um, good
0: all, like, I'm surprised there wasn't like I mean, I, I get why but like, how do I say this In 1976, I feel like he kind of like was doing a lot of stuff because he's like also I'm not sure if he was doing like America the Beautiful at that point or stuff like that but like, it's the bicentennial, so like you want to, yeah. it makes sense to to have like Ray Charles on, but it's just, uh oh, it's just, it's not even like the greatest. It's not like the greatest Ray Charles performance, but it's just Ray Charles is so good at what he does.
1: Yeah, like it, it's interesting, especially comparing uh, the Beach Boys, which both the Beach Boys and Ray Charles have done amazing performances. Yeah. And but I, it's I interesting say, to see. Sorry,
0: oh, I'm Go sorry. Ahead. No, the reason why, like the, these people are on, like the midnight special, they're kind of in a mm-hmm. similar situation as. In ju- to finish the thing I was saying, in just juxtaposition to like people like Redbone, cars, people who were like coming up and are coming on to play their new song explicitly, despite the fact that the Beach Boys did play a new, like Angel Come Home was a new song. They're not like they weren't there to play angel come home they were there because you're the beach boys come and come and do a little thing ray charles is here because like it's not a new song it's play the classic under this context Mm -hmm. and i would just i did i was intentionally picking like kind of odd performances just because there's so much Uh, Mm um i promise the next one will be better or, like, maybe or even like,
1: like a, a thing saying a to, a join thing like to join our Patreon. Yeah, you can say, join our Patreon. You can also donate for a person, and you can uh, <laughs> email show. us at cannabis.cocktails.com <laughs> and you can send voice messages on Anchor. You can um, sponsor our podcast. I'm you can blind. fund predictions by giving money to the Patreon at patreon.com. Let's see. I mean, to be fair, right now, you can just donate money there, and we're not going to do anything with it for a while. Uh, we're saving it up. Yeah, because <laughs> so. we we were going to buy a computer for you, and then then Kevin was and then very then our gracious. patrons were like, "Here you go." Yeah, now I, I think it's the house fund. It's it's I think the house fund or the buy your f- a, 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 an additional mobile hotspot fund. I mean, uh, but... this one, Get the Mikey the fuck out of their house for Yeah, that's kind of, that's a big one. Uh, Beverly, okay, let's just, the Rod Stewart clip. I know, right? It's, I feel like I should have been on Coke to understand it more. Like, if so, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was, it was Saint And it's like this weird,
0: it's just, it fits into this weird kind of canon of Saints performances. Where the performers are just kind of done with being synced, so they're just fucking about. But like, it's so awkward, and the reason it, why it's awkward is because Rod Stewart and the Faces existed as a bit like it was the face, it was the Small Faces. That band became the Faces, and there was just there was a bunch of fuckery. It, it, there was stuff that happened. The Small Faces break part become the Faces, uh, with Rod Stewart singing. Uh, and they kind of, at the same time, Rob Stewart starts a solo career, and this is, like, when he's getting his, like, Maggie May, um, you know, you wear it well, et cetera. As he gets more popular, the faces, brought becomes Rob Stewart in the faces, and then by the end, the original bass player, uh, Ronnie Lane, uh, leaves and is replaced by someone whose name I am forgetting, but who's current, who is playing in that clip. It's just the face. It was just the lineup of the faces, but it was being marketed as Rod Stewart, and it's just like it just like the guy on piano is just like I'm trying to look like it's it's weird. It's weird and surreal because these are people who are just like are they trying to look goofy? Are they? I couldn't. I felt like they were trying to do
1: like the like the like cool like rebellious like. But they thing? could do
0: it. They could do it. That's a weird thing. They like they were really good before they were like really good on stage. Like like that was like the main thing about them was they really like <laughs> knew how to they, it's <laughs> and it's, so like they gave up. <laughs> like he's just like, come over here, and then the guitar player falls over.
1: But <laughs> he does like the whole like Fucking like flip of the mic stand or whatever the fuck that was, where he like he
0: knows how to do that too. That
1: <laughs> it seemed so awkward. It felt like they were either too inebriated to do it correctly or they stopped giving a shit. I don't know which. It might have been both. It also kind of came off as like rocker dads. They, they were dads known,
0: they trying were also to known cool. for Doing a lot of drugs too. Like, that's fair. There's a post, and I do kind of want to take it down because of, um, I'll explain why. There's this poster that came with one of their albums uh, that like includes various photos of the road that also includes photos of them, of like, there's just like a photo of, of someone's ass <laughs> that's like just barely like blurred out. There's photos of like a bunch of different drugs. And it's just like I so so this is ash.
1: <laughs> ah, one of our asses and drugs. You have gotten the full experience. It's not their ash. ass! See that now—that's coward shit. And I mean, rats do it. God, <laughs> fucking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, welcome to. Welcome to Dubai. This isn't Stuck Off the Line.
1: <laughs> That's a good game.
0: Um, I've never played that. Uh, uh, but for some reason, it's a thing that also just, like, intrudes into my head a lot. I don't know. Like, the white box.
1: <laughs> like,
0: uh, brain weird. Please I mean, make it stop.
1: One of the things that hooked me on early in that game was the fact that they played a Deep Purple song, and it was Hush and not Smoke on the Water.
0: (laughs) I get that. Uh, I would personally... There are definitely... I could talk about Deep Purple for so goddamn long. Okay, I... Like, I have a distinct... I'm just like... I love Deep Purple, Mark V. Like, I have Deep Purple (laughs) posters that aren't, like, posters... They're the CD fucking booklets that I took out <laughs> on my wall. It's sad. <laughs> the singer of Whitesnake was in Deep Purple. Did you know that? Wait, what? The
1: the lead singer and, of Whitesnake? For three Snake, albums! Was for three, three albums! Album? Ian
0: covered Burn, uh, Stormbringer, and Come Taste the Band from 1974 to 1976. Uh, the Mark IV lineup, and then the, uh, I think it's Mark IV, and then Mark V, or it might be Mark V, Mark VI, I'm forgetting the exact, but it's after, um, I'm forgetting the names, but the, the two plays, so, you have the initial lineup of Deep Purple, and then what happens is the bass player, and I think the singer left, or it was the bass player who was initially the singer, the person who sings Hush leaves the band, and then uh, you have the, uh, the era of like um not ex- before smoke on the water it is all part of that era um but that's a, that's another i i like music but you know what i like more than music
1: tick wait sorry say that like pretty 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 you, know you know what i you like eating dinner you know what than i like
0: what i music eating dinner eating dinner. eating dinner. yeah, yeah, dinner. yeah so bad. this has been our first installment in midnight mayhem trip it is kind of, it's mayhem, kind of. <laughs> Once again, props to Mikey for the name Midnight Mayhem. True. We'll be back. Um, shout out to Kevin. Uh, shout out to the theater, uh, who will actually be appearing in an episode of Midnight Mayhem. Uh, down At some point, I don't know when. Mm. Uh, but there's a Doctor Who episode called Midnight. Perfectly on brand. And he's a hoovian.
1: um but let's uh
0: hoovian out of here as i look up uh or you look up the socials and i right. um so, i let you read the socials so jerk, <laughs> uh,
1: while i look up the socials i heard Back. that you um I heard that you actually said it, Iggy Pop did nothing wrong. Uh, could you clarify Fuck that you. for me?
0: Okay, what I was saying was, I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> I was I, here's the thing. There's so many shitposts of what I can say, but he's just done so many awful things that, like, if I joke about it, I don't want people to think that I'm, <sighs> like. So what he was really saying when he when they did the song N Word Man, where he just says. Because I'm a baby. Um, oh no! And then they released the song without the vocals, but with different vocals, where it's nonsense lyrics. And it's a cool song, and it's a cool instrumentation. Uh, but they they called it Dojo Man, which is like somehow worse. Like it's not worse, but it's like not better. Some like how do you make something like. How do you be like, okay, here's a song where we said the N-word. What if we made it subtly racist without making it, like, explicitly clear if we're being racist again, but in a different way? And also, let's not tell anyone that that song that we're putting out originally had the N-word written in it. Like, let's not t- tell anyone.
1: Um, so if you Sorry. want to hear it, jerk. <laughs> if you want a clean slate,
0: you can follow at Ronald Valley too
1: over uh the fact that Iggy Pop is an idiot uh you can <laughs> right follow down at Jerf E Patron on the twitter uh if, if you want to hear if you want to follow me when I tweet about when I go live on uh fucking twitch or when I retweet someone base saying something political uh you can follow me at nbbymalachi, You can follow the podcast at cfm on the Twitter machine. Um, you could also go to anchor.fm slash cannabis cocktails cinema and then listen to where they give us the money. <laughs> um, but also if you go to the Twitter you can find other you can find the link you lose to the Patreon or you can put Patreon.com/slash/ccnc, Patreon. then give us money like gracious Patreon supporter who will not be named, and also Kevin. We love both people, and True. we love all of you who listen. True, I think I don't know, and uh, in a parasocial way. Like we just appreciate the listen. To we, yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I might take just for reference. So it's just in order. I may take that clip of me doing Ground Alley too and put so it's it'll be rearranged. it might get rearranged. Okay. And the also if you're listening to this and you're just like, what do you mean it's rearranged? You've been deceived, fuckers.
1: You've been deceived, Cuck.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> You know what they, you know say, what they about say about these say about- dragons, 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 dragons.
1: He keeps, he keeps, he keeps scaring away <laughs> all the bitches. bitches. No, 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 no.
0: Do you want a clean rifle? Do you want a, do you want a clean line Reed? Do you want a clean, <sighs> I can't say that. Do you want a clean
1: line read? of that? <laughs> sure, I will try to give you one back, but there's no guarantee. We've got those dragon tapestries again. These, these dragon tapestries keep scaring away all the bitches. I think we might have scared away the bitches ourselves.